And that's the way you provide for your family. You provide not only what they need, but what you need. And what they need is you. If we could just do that, even with all of our picadillos and insecurities and all that, just to say like, hey, they need us. I'm going to bring the most current, vibrant version of me. Not make-believe, yippy-skippy, like fake, but just like the real-life me with all of my shortcomings. I'm bringing that to the table. And on the show today is one of my favorite authors. It's the New York Times bestselling author and encourager to millions. It's the one and only Bob Goff. This was an early Christmas present to learn from the man himself on how he provides, how he keeps up with all his crazy schedule to find time to bless and protect others in such a genuine and authentic way. So without further ado, here's Bob Goff. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Bob, can I share a story of how you provided for me? Oh yeah, come on. So I was one of the probably 100 calls that you received three years ago. I was sitting around the fire with my men's group. We had just finished Love Does and I asked the guys, has anyone called Bob? And no one did. And so we said, let's just give him a shot. And so we called you and sitting around the fire, you picked up and we started to tell you, hey, we're part of this men's group. We read your book. And then you just went into providing for us and you said, you guys should write a book. And if you do, your kids will run into a burning house to get that. Oh, yeah. So good. I think it's really true. Even for all of your listeners, I hope that resonates with you because writing down if we're really these unique, one of a kind, never before arrived on earth creations that we really actually have things to say. We've had things we've experienced, things have gone great, things that have gone not so great. And the whole idea of providing isn't just providing like cash, because otherwise your loved ones would have married an ATM machine and uh, (laughs) there'd be less problems, wouldn't leave their socks out. But instead that we would provide an awareness, provide insight on why we're doing what we're doing. So I think writing unlocks all of that. You use the word provider in your latest book, The Dream Big Book, and you said, we get so caught up on providing, like you said, financially that we forget. They just want us and us to be available to them. Yeah, being fully present, that seems like one of the things that each of us can struggle with, particularly if you have a lot going on, to be like right where your feet are. Like right now, right here, it's just me and you. And I'm not thinking about the thing I just did or the thing I'm going to do. But if we could just kind of dial it back a little bit to do that for one another, at dinner, throw your phones away, you know, just be fully present, whatever it takes. Maria Goff and I, we play catch with a ball and neither of us like uh, baseball. We're just like, we're not sports people, but it makes us be really present because if you answer the phone, you'll lose teeth. Oh, I like it. Yeah. You get some skin in the game, literally. So how do you balance that with being the guy that takes random calls? Yeah, I decided early on I was going to be available, like the Uber available, like even before there was Uber. I said, I'm going to be the guy that's available. I'll never be the smartest guy in the room, but I could be the most available guy in the room. I won't be the richest guy in the room, but it could be the most present guy in the room. I want to be that guy. And so for each of us, maybe thinking a little bit less about career and more about character, to say, this is the character of the person that I want to be. That's super helpful. Like I want to cultivate that vibe that I'm not busy. So even though the truth is I've got a lot going on and you do too, that I don't want to give off that 
busy vibe. I think of the people in history that have changed the world, like Gandhi. He didn't give the I'm busy vibe, but he was trying to lead a billion people. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, he didn't give off the I'm busy. He just picked 11 people because the 12th one pooped out on him. (laughs) So just to say, I'm not, I want to be really present. And so whether it was a little guy in a sycamore tree that he said, Lunches on you, or uh, think of the the leaders even contemporarily to have a unique awareness of availability and presence. That would actually distinguish you from everybody because nobody's available these days. And maybe to the people that you goof around with your closest friends, but how about being available to absolute strangers? That's the cool thing about picking up hitchhikers. Not a good idea, but you could make yourself available to them. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me how prideful I am, honestly, because when people ask me for my time and I give them the Calendly link or the let's let's try to do it in the next month or so, sometimes, honestly, I'm just trying to project that I am busy. And I think it's a pride issue I have to overcome. Yes, there was somebody that, you know, when you try to like loop two people together, somebody said this guy wanted to connect. And I'm like, well, awesome. I mean, my telephone's number is in the back of two and a half million books. So just give my cell phone number. And then the guy sent me an email and he says, this is my calendar. You can sign up for a time to talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I said, the ch- I wrote a note. I tried not to be sarcastic, but I said, uh, the chances that I will sign up on your calendar to have a, uh, an audience with you are pretty low. <laughs> So that was, he didn't uh, intend to be lame. He just was lame. He just didn't read the room. And so I think that happens to me as well. We are trying to all work on our people skills a little bit, but there'll be times where I just have missed it. And I want to meet that with a lot of grace, Uh, but also to say, no, I'm just, I don't roll that way. Uh, When people want to make a lot of appointments, uh, then I'd say, well, just call me up because everything's constantly changing. Is it that way in your life? For me, everything's changing day to day. So I just want to roll with that. And this is an example of you rolling with it. I mean, just giving your time and being available to, to me and the listeners to talk about providing for others. I mean, you're living it out. You're not just talking about it, but you're actually doing it right now. Yeah. I think for each of us, one of the things that happens when you're available is that more things will come your way. And it's not just like good karma. Uh, it's that to say, uh, cause I'm a, have a very like kind of a orthodox faith. I just think that, that God wants us to love one another. That's about as orthodox as it gets. And so uh, the more available I am and present uh, that I am, then these things will happen. I've been, I wanted to get a little place on the water in Hawaii ever since high school when I saw it. And then I figured out how much a little place on the water in Hawaii costs. And I'm like, oh, like I'll never have that kind of money. Nor if I did, would I spend it on a little place on the water in Hawaii. But I got on the waiting list. I think you may know this for a slip at the Alawai Marina. I was on that list for 30 years. I paid $20 a year to get one of the boat slips there. Because if you get a boat slip there, you get a you get to stay there for $200 and you get free parking and you are 30 feet from the ocean. Like you were literally on the, there's a great little surf break there called Bowls. You were there on Waikiki Beach. You couldn't buy a $20 million condo and have a better view. So I got the call last week. They said, your slip is ready. I guess enough people kicked off that it's like, I made it to the top of the list after 30 years. So 
because I was available and I wasn't all booked up on appointments, I bought the worst boat ever to go in there. 5,000 bucks. I got this thing barely floats. It's just a lousy boat. I'm never staying on that thing. But one of the things that I wanted to do is to, because I was available to that, I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. So maybe someday I'll be able to find a boat that's a little bit better than that one. Uh, but I wanted to take advantage of that. I'm just going to go sit on top of it. I don't think I'm going down below from the pictures I saw, but for 200 bucks a month. And now I don't know how often I'll go, but I have a lot of friends and I bet they'll want to go. If I just toss them the key and say like, hey, you can stay for nothing on the water, like right next to the, that lagoon in uh, Waikiki Beach with the Hilton. It, it is 30 steps from the lagoon. You could get room service from the Hilton at the boat. And it's 200 bucks a month. I'm like, My point is this. I think the people that are more present, they tend to have their head on a swivel looking for opportunities, not distracted by them, but engaged by them. And to say, yeah, yeah, totally do that. But every pitch isn't for you to swing at, but some are. And the trick in life is to figure out which ones are your pitch. How do you figure that out of times to be available and not to be available? And so that sounds like real life wisdom to know that. Yeah. One thing I did early on as a young lawyer, when we just first had kids, you're just trying to kind of mostly keep them mostly fed and partially clothed. And then uh, by the time they were up and about like talking and stuff, I actually wanted to spend time with them. And so I was a, a partner at this great big law firm. And I told all the other partners there that I was going to spend the next two months with my family. And they looked at me like I was smoking crack. They're like, what? Like their sabbatical program, you get like two days off every 18 years. And so I didn't argue with them, but on Monday I wasn't there. And I came back two months later. Oh, they were so mad. I'm like, whatever, sue me. So what I, I, I'm deciding, not in an arrogant way, but I, I want to live a life with resolve. I want to just know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And to say, I don't want to miss this with my kids. I don't want to miss them growing up. And so we are now year 28 of spending two months a year together. We just, everybody just knows, like, I'm gone. So if you want to set the trial in June or July, then sounds like you're trying the case because I'm going to be with my family. And so that was actually, we get to actually kind of set that. And if your job won't allow for that, quit, find another one or start your own business. And to say for two months out of every year, I'm just spending it. And that's the way you provide for your family. You provide not only what they need, but what you need. And what they need is you. Uh, and if we could just do that, even with all of our picadillos and insecurities and all that, just to say like, hey, they need us. I'm going to bring the most current, vibrant version of me. Not make-believe, yippy-skippy, like fake, but just like the real life me with all of my shortcomings. I'm bringing that to the table. That's beautiful. Did you ever envision yourself encouraging millions by living this lifestyle that, that you're doing? And you know, like, did you, did you envision this happening? Oh, I don't know if I'm encouraging anybody, but I hope I'm encouraging Sweet Marie Goff, Lindsay Richard Adam, but I'm always curious about things. I remember there was that royal wedding that happened um, with uh, the prince and, the, and then uh, Meghan Markle and all that. Well, uh, the guy that officiated that thing just rocked the world. His name is Michael Curry. He's the bishop, the first uh, man of color who's the bishop of the Anglican church or Episcopal church. And so I was always curious about him. So I called him up yesterday. And so we had just the most delightful 
conversation. I don't want a selfie with them. I just want to have a conversation kind of like you and I are having. And so I would just encourage people, gosh, we're on this marble. We call it the earth. We're moving through the universe at 25,000 miles an hour while we're spinning at 1500 miles an hour. If you ever had a day, if you're listening to this, you didn't think you were getting much done, you're making moves. So you're on this with seven and a half billion from what I've been told uh, other people. So if there's a couple that you want to get to know, make a call. I just, it took me five minutes to find his phone number. He picked it up and I said, hi, it's Bob. He's like, awesome. What's up? <laughs> so I don't, I, I, I just don't want to be together alone. I want to be together together. I might not have it all together, but I want to not be together alone in isolation, even during these funny times. Well, it's so encouraging to hear how you live this out. And you're not just, you know, you're not just an author who's writing it down in a, in a book, but you're, you're, like I said earlier, you're just a living, breathing example of it. And it's so encouraging to me to try to do that for my family, my career. And I've got this small little initiative to try to spread the word of let's become better providers because I recognize that in my own life. And, you know, you're just a great example of mentor in my life of living it out. Yeah, figure out why you're doing that. And if faith guides your steps, do it because your faith directs you to. If uh, humanity is rocks and it does, like then do it because humanity rocks, but don't do it uh, begrudgingly or because out of some, like I'm going to get sent to the principal if I don't, just find your joy and spread that. Because if you're doing it because you like have to, or it's like you think you're going to, God is shaking a bony finger at you, uh, then you won't bring any joy to it. And it'd be better if you stayed at home. Uh, but if you can find your joy, kind of like if you lose your keys, you always think to yourself, where was the last place I saw those things? And then they just go back to that place. Say, where did I find my joy last? And say, I remember in college, I used to, well, return to that place. Uh, go walk around the university that you used to go to and remember what it was like to be you before you got really uptight <laughs> or opinionated or, uh, and then be really picky about who you surround yourself with. Like uh, I've never met a courageous cynic. Uh, I've met plenty of cynics, but just not a courageous one. And so I don't surround myself with very many of those. Uh, and I wouldn't be one of those. Um, I, I'm too busy with my head on a swivel looking for What's beautiful. Did you know that the average rain cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds? Is that crazy? You think of a cloud doesn't weigh anything. I just think they're over your head all the time. You might as well know what they weigh. Get this. Children are born without kneecaps. They like come later. That just blows my mind. Just be engaged with a Dolly Parton one time lost a lookalike contest to look like Dolly Parton, she came in dead last. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say, just be engaged on this marble that you're on. And here's what you'll do. You'll provide a lot of joy for your family. Uh, and it's not a parlor trick to remember a bunch of arcane facts. It's just an evidence of engagement. Uh, there are more by weight, there are more ants in the world than there are people. Like that, if you weigh all the people in the world, seven and a half billion, there's more ants by weight. So there's somewhere 230 pounds of ants times seven and a half billion people. And they're like, dude, that's just crazy. So it'll just cause you to look at ants a little different. You'll probably, you won't feel bad stepping on one. <laughs> All this curiosity, it's just part of your DNA. This is what you do. So it sounds like it's easy for you to provide for others, be curious with it, but it comes back to doing it with the, the genuine authentic heart, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe being situationally aware. 
and then to uh, rise above things. I uh, haven't been flying on commercial planes uh, just because a little creepy and I'm kind of an old guy. So uh, I was supposed to be in Arizona two weeks ago speaking at a thing and I didn't want to fly commercial and I wanted to be a man of my word because I did say a year ago that I'd be there. And so I remember I'm a pilot. So I just rented this really crappy plane, uh, this little one and flew it over to Phoenix and everything went great. I spoke at whatever. And when I'm flying back over the desert, two of the instruments I needed dropped out. They just stopped working. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dang. And over the desert, there's nothing to tell you where the horizon is. There's no light. There's no stars. There's no lights on the ground. You're just it's like flying inside a bag. And so what I did is I leveled the wings and I just go aimed higher. <laughs> I just level the wings, aim higher. Cause I knew there was a mountain range between Phoenix and San Diego. So maybe if this has been a time with a lot of confusion, if it's felt like you've been turned around, just level the wings, aim a little higher. And after a while, it took about an hour and a half. And I saw the glow of San Diego in the future. I'm like, I just aimed at that. And so level your wings, aim a little higher, look for the glow, know why you're doing what you're doing, and then just take the next courageous step for each of us. And God never compares what he creates. So your courageous step might look different than my courageous step, but, but, but don't compare. Keep your eyes on your own paper, tend to your own fire. And that's where all the good stuff happens. Well, you're a living, breathing example of that. And thank you for sharing some of that wisdom with, with me and uh, with the listeners here. And, and so I know you have many appointments to get to, and you've done such a good job being fully present here. Any other encouraging words for us that are on this path of trying to become providers for our families and for others, not just in the financial way, but to bless and protect others in unique and whimsy ways like you've been able to do in your life? I would just say everything that starts with the letter F, you can say faith, family, fun, finances. It just as an organizing principle, you can use, you know, J if you want, uh, but there's just more things like uh, philanthropy if you want to misspell it. But you could say, what do I want to do with my friends? Like, so to just do a quick little audit, it's the kind, not the IRS kind, but just the happy kind of audit where you say, where am I at? And uh, once you figure out where you're at, if you go to a big shopping center, there'll be a map and there's an X and it says, you are here. And so if you know where you're at on your faith and your family and your friends and your finances and fitness, and if you could just do a quick little audit, once you know where you're at, then you know what to do next. Uh, because uh, I don't know if you've ever gone to the mall and forgot why you came or gone to the grocery store, remember, forget what you came to get. That's why there's dipping Dots at malls. <laughs> Nobody goes to the mall to get dipping Dots. They, it's for people who forgot what they came for. And so what I want to do is you're here, and there was a study that was released last week that said 85% of the people out there don't know their purpose. Only 15% do. The problem is that everybody's telling, particularly in faith communities, telling everybody what their purpose ought to be. And I would say, as a man of faith, I'm like, my job isn't to tell you what to believe, uh, but I'm finding my purpose. And as I'm living fully into my purpose, I'm just going to let the rest unfold in everybody else's life. Uh, so I'm uh, less of an umpire and more of a base coach. I'm not calling balls and strikes on everybody else. I'm just telling people you run your race. And I think that's like a great way to provide for your friends. Bob, how can I say thank you for the time and uh, the advice that you gave today? How can I provide for you? I do lots of selfish things. This is right at the top.
So great being with you and to all of your listeners. I just hope this is an upcoming new year, just filled with purpose for you. And if you don't know your purpose, uh, maybe find a couple of good friends and ask them, hey, what's your purpose? What do you feel like you're here for? What's, the, what's your thing? I'm just here to be available. So being able to get some time together to be like, dude, that's right down Main Street in terms of my purpose. And I've got nothing I want to tell anybody to do. But I hope if you were a listener and that something pinged you, it would remind you a little bit about who you already are. And if you've lost your ways, kind of like your keys, then return to where you last knew your purpose, last knew who you were, and uh, just pick up right about there. What a great activity to do right into the new year, finding a purpose and providing for others. So I love it. Thank you, Bob. Hey, you bet. Great being with you. God bless you and all of your people. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.